welcome to the Lobby of Hobbies podcast. This is our ninth episode. I'm your host, Jazz, and I'm joined by my long-missed co-host, Judge, today. Judge, how's it going today, sir? What's going on, brother? How's everybody doing? It's been so long. I miss everybody. I mean, let's get this thing started. <laughs> so, so I know... I know you've been busy. You've been on your grind doing your music production stuff. You know, how's that been going? How's everything going with that? So far, so good. Um, we did a competition a few weeks ago. Um, we didn't place, but we did get really good feedback from the producers that we worked with. And um, it just gave us the drive to even do more. So now we officially have our website out. Um, that's, that is live. Um, so it's asteroidmusic.com, A-S-T-E-R-O-I-D muziq.com um trying to get as official as i can um other than that it's really been a grind um, we're starting a beat store so we're going to be selling music online um uh there's there's a new game that just dropped video game so marvel avengers just dropped and you know me being a superhero geek i can't miss that so that's been up <laughs> and running and last but not least, one thing that's going to help us out, um, as well as everything else going on, is um, I will start streaming soon. I finally got the streaming set up. Um, I will be streaming on Twitch. Um, and I'll be doing music production, video gaming, and also board gaming when, you know, when we're ready to do that. So that's going to be a wonderful uh, way to engage in, the, in our community and other communities as well as time goes on, you know, just trying to find ways to upgrade any which way we can so that we can do more and establish a, you know, a greater community. Awesome. Awesome. So like I said, yeah, we've been missing, I know the people probably been missing you. Um, we can't hear if they are too. missing you, but I, but I know they're listening <laughs> to us now and they're like, yeah, we missed them. We missed them. Thanks for them being back. The dynamic duo was back. Um, but you know, let's just get right into it. I know recently we did, you know, in that time we have gotten a chance to not really play some board games, but we tried something new. You know, the idea that we trying to introduce new games to people, we got a chance to get get a taste of what RPG is all about. You know, everybody, if you've never heard of RPG or don't know what RPG, it's a role-playing game, all right? And we're not talking about like Final Fantasy video game role-playing um, we're actually talking about live RPG, like Dungeons and Dragons type RPG, where you would normally sit at a table, and you would set over set up a scenario where you're you're, you're talking actually the game out, and you have a, a dungeon master or a game master who's actually kind of controlling the game. But it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons that we played. Judge, tell the people the game that we got a chance to play. It was called Kids on Bikes. Yeah, and that, it's pretty cool. So, you know, the game is actually um, designed by uh, Jonathan Gilmore and don't, uh, you know, get me wrong in this pronunciation, Doug Lewandowski, I think that's how you pronounce it. But um, those two guys published, um, uh, designed this, you know, this setting um, for kids on bikes. And I think if you, if you want to think about it, kind of get a feel for what it's designed to be, you know, if you think about the TV show Stranger Things on Netflix or like the movie Goonies or anything like that. It's kind of set in that like, you know, small town 80s kind of vibe. Um, that's kind of the scenario of it. And 
I think it's legit. We get you got a chance to you know choose our own characters, right? Make up make our own and build our own characters. You know what's what's awesome. We had um, I know for me, I've been you know, me and Judge. I know you and I have been talking about trying to get into this RPG, testing it out because you know we've seen some we've heard some board game friends that we've met at conventions and things like that who have been doing it and say you have to try RPG at least once. You may not and it may not be for you, but give it a try. So we say you know what, hey. We want to introduce new people to people to some new things with this hobby of gaming in general, right? So we might as well take our own challenge ourselves and introduce ourselves to something new, which we did. We took, I guess this was our, the challenge, right? This is our challenge. Um, but Judge, what did you think of this? Man, I had too much fun. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was the creativity part of it. When we, when we created our um, our characters, like we had a lot of information to go off of, which was really good for me because, you know, having a direction is always good to have. So, you know, we got to pick our skills that we could use. Um, we got to pick our different tactics, the type of person that we wanted to be. Um, it was, and it was too much fun to just role play those, those characters. Um, an example was my name was Eric Jones and I had seven siblings you know, in a big house, and I was the the weird, the lone weirdo that you always watch walk around the city with his headphones on, because he didn't want to be bothered because he got to, you know, he deals with too much at home, um, you know. And when I tell you, the the fun that we got into, and I think it was thirteen, I think it was thirteen, yeah, thirteen years old, and like the fun <clears throat> we got into was, it was amazing, man. It, it you would have never thought, like, as the as we kept going on, like so many twists and turns, it went from, hey, let's meet up at an arcade all of a sudden to Juby hunting in the, in the forest. <laughs> just like, and then we come back hero somehow and it's off with some chick and it was just like, it's crazy. It was just amazing. But ultimately being able to play with, um, with you and the other fellas and, and having a great game master um, was amazing. Like it was just, it was just great. It was great overall. Um, experience for me yeah i'll be honest uh, i know some friends that have told me hey you need to try you know dungeon and dragons but make sure you have a good game master that kind of sets the game up knows what they're doing and kind of helps everybody get engaged um and we've never played it i know i decided hey let me get this kids on bikes um you know booklet so we can play this game or give it a try i know i've been wanting to so I went on um, a couple RPG forums on Facebook and things like that. And I was trying to figure out, you know, just Google, hey, what's the easiest RPG you can kind of get into? What's a good one, but also you can enjoy? Um, and someone referred Kids on Bikes. So I looked into it. I bought the book, read through the book. Um, I think it was like, I got it right before um, the COVID, the pandemic really hit and, you know, the, the lockdown quarantine went. So I had some time to read it through. I found the Facebook group and I just went on there and says, hey, is anybody interested in being a game master for completely new players to this game? Um, and we had a guy named Cullen who, um, you know, opened his, you know, pretty much opened his, not only his time, but his I guess his his men, his mental capacity to deal with us first, right? New new players, you're thinking like, <laughs> right, right. You, know, you have a, a guy who's a veteran in just role playing in general, but also this game who said, hey, you know what? I'll teach you guys. We met him on Facebook. We you know got everything set up on our Discord, 
and he was nice enough to create a game, created maps for the, the, the town that we were a part of. Um, and yeah, we, he, she helped us create our, our character names, you know, the, our character sheet, what our abilities were, what our little, our, our, I guess our strengths and our weaknesses were. Um, my character was Slater Gray, AKA Slate Gray. Um, mm -hmm. You know, no, uh, no play on Slater from Saved by the Bell. Um, but yeah, uh, but that was pretty cool. We got a chance to play with um, my youngest brother, um, Jaden, who's a senior in high school. That was pretty cool. And we also got a chance to play with Mike over at um, Pentry Games, who is the designer, along with his wife, of the newly set to fulfill Kickstarter On the Rocks. So a little plug there about On the Rocks. And I think it's going to shortly be releasing retail after that. Um, so check that one out. I know we're going to get a chance to, um, I back that one. So when that comes in, we're going to get a chance to play that, review that one, see how that was about, and hopefully get a chance to have Mike on this show as well. But yeah, it was pretty cool to have, you know, characters that, you know, in the game, in this like storytelling, think of it as like, you know, you're using your mind to create the whole entire story, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was an, an opportunity to try something new and I had a blast doing it. It was something that I definitely would do again. I know we've talked about, hey, let's let's try Dungeons and Dragons, right? We talked about that. So, you know, we said, hey, we'll give ourselves a couple weeks to learn what it is about Dungeons and Dragons, um, creating characters with that. And, you know, Colin said he would, you know, be our game master for that one as well. So we don't want to open... You know, so we'll say thank you to him. Thank you to him for also joining our Discord, our Facebook group as well. We appreciate that, Colin, if you're listening. Um, we are excited to do some more RPG adventures with you. Um, but today's episode, um, we actually are going to get a chance to talk about some games that we, we were able to review. Um, I know our, our, our friend that we met over at... Uh, um, the ops games his name is ross we got a chance to sit down and talk with him in an interview which i thought was was awesome that he was able to um take that time um which many companies have been doing which is awesome you know taking this time during um the quarantine to sit down with content creators to do interviews with them but to also kind of build upon what they're doing um, within the community of board gaming within the hobby to to you know let people know what's going on this year especially with a lot of the conventions this summer you know gen con um origins we know pax unplugged is going to be canceled this year you know um essence spiel has been canceled everything's going online so even some board game companies have been doing their own thing and the op actually did their own thing during gen con they did this thing called the op at home where that you were able to go in and demo games and play games online and get us opportunity to play some of their party games, which was pretty cool. But we sat down with Ross and um, I know I enjoyed myself sitting down with Ross. How about you, Judge? No, it was it was really good just because I didn't realize um, until like doing, doing some research beforehand um, how much I love their games. Like I have games that I didn't realize they were theirs. And um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a hefty Target shopper, so I'm always at Target looking at board games and didn't realize that half of their games are at Target, and um, games that I actually stopped to look at without even knowing um, what they are. They have awesome box covers. Read the back, and it they seem very interesting. Um, and even with the games that we were able to review for them, 
um, were just so much fun. You know, it was like a good mix of party slash like a way to mend into that board gaming, modern day board gamer. You know, I always go into that because like, that's how I was, you know, it, I started party games and then as time progressed, realized that there can be so much more you can do um, within, within the gaming realm, that board gaming realm. And I just ended up geeking out at a certain point because I realized like these guys make some of the best games I've ever seen. So um, I love it. I was I was very happy to uh, be able to review all the games that we were able to review. And I mean, it was it was an honor because and even you know his how he carried himself in the interview and he was very excited to talk to us like it was the first time they've ever made the game, you know. And these guys, you could tell that they believe in the product that they sell. Um, you could tell that they love to engage with their um, with their with their customers. They love to engage with their clients, um, even when they make the uh, their what are those the custom games. Even when they make those games for clients who want a particular type of game in their realm, um, they do that really well too. Well, overall, man, I, I'm just excited because I after seeing all that, I want to make a lobby of hobbies game. And, you know, so, so we can get our own custom game out of, out of the mix. And, you know, I know that's not the last time we'll be talking to them. Um, and I know, you know, I look forward to all the games they have coming out because there were some games I know we weren't able to review or get because they're still um, under works or, you know, they're deal dealing with some things. But COVID hit, so kind of backed everything up. I'm looking forward to a few games that they do have coming out too. So I, was, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, like you said, I think that was the one key thing that you hit on. Like, you know, in this community of, you know, this tabletop gaming, right? You know, we've met, we've been to the, you know, PAX Unplugged and convention, but we've also just been to local board game shops, right? And we've met people who are just so open just to sit down, talk with you, talk to you about games, stuff that they enjoy. But um, Ross, who, you know, who's at, over at the Op Games, to see his passion, like you were talking about, you know, his excitement for when he, we were just interviewing him, having a conversation, but it was like, I felt like I was sitting down with someone who was at a, at a board game shop who was just excited to show me a game. Like you can set, say, you can tell that he wasn't just here trying to just, you know, pitch a game to me or to, to us, you know, he was there really just like, almost he was his own fan of the game. So, you know, you can tell that he was not only working for a company just making games, he was enjoying the games that he was, that their company was making and putting out, which I thought was awesome. And it, what's cool about them is that, you know, they're a company who has um, licensing for a bunch of different IPs, different intellectual properties out there, you know, Star Wars, Disney, um, Harry Potter, a bunch of different, you know, things that they have. Um, this, I think, believe The Simpsons. But what's cool is that this company makes those, like, I guess, um, those different IPs for monopolies, like the Simpsons Monopoly, you know, they even have a Golden Girls Monopoly, all this stuff. So if you're a big Monopoly fan, which, or player, which I'm not, honestly, um, <laughs> I'll play it. I will. I'll play a Monopoly game, but um, that's not the first thing I'm going to pick off the shelf. But listen, they have those things. And I think what's cool, like you were saying, is they have that good crossover into getting into modern gaming, right? They have those different... Um, IPs that, that people would be interested. So if you're a big Star Wars fan, this might be the company that has games on that Target or Walmart shelf that you're going to say, hey, let me check this game out just because you're a big Star Wars fan and you see that Star Wars game. Um, but they even have some games 
that are not specifically centered to those, you know, those intellectual properties, they're just, but just good games in general, fun, family, entry-level games, but they even have some games that are you know, on a deeper strategy level. So if you get a chance, go to the opgames.com if you're listening and check that website out. But um, without further ado, let's start um, getting into some of the games that uh, we got a chance to review and, and check out from them. I know, Judge, you have the, the first game in your possession. Um, why don't you uh, let us know what that first game is? So the first game we have here is... Telestrations, upside drawn. Even now, and now it may look backwards, but you know this is <laughs> this is what the game looks like. Um, nice size box, good size, f- fun, family friendly. And Jazz, I know you got to play it too. You know, did you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, it was cool. I got a chance to play it. Um, it, it well, the good thing about it, the game kind of works like on a team base, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Telestrations. It's something that I picked up to have in my collection um i even wasn't able to get the big party box version of the regular telestrations um which is pretty much like a drawing version of like whisper down the lane where you have a word you you draw something and then you pass it to the person to your right and you get everybody's kind of passing their booklet and you get a chance to see the person's drawing guess what it is and then and you're writing that word, the next person sees the word, and then they're going to try and draw something according to that word. That's just a quick um, gist of what that game's about. But, you know, pretty much that goes all the way around. When you eventually get your book back, you're trying to, you know, you just pretty much flip through it and see, you know, what the, what your starting word was and what the people around the table thought it was. You'll see like, you know, a, you know, elephant transform into like, you know, I don't know, uh, scrambled eggs or something. It's just crazy the things that that happen. But it's, the, that game is more like for laughs. You're not playing that game, you know, you know, on a com- really competitive level. There is a scoring mechanism there. But with Upside Drawn, um, it is more on a competitive level, and it still takes that basis of drawing a card, where you have your team. We played it. Um, you know, my wife and I. We played with my brother-in-laws. And, um, and their significant others. And it was, we each, each team had a, a, a whiteboard in front of them. And one person on the team is the clue giver and one person is the drawler, okay? And what's funny is not the, the clue giver is not the one um, drawing. You know, how it works is, is if, if I'm the clue giver, pretty much what I would do is I would pick a card. We would look amongst that card with our, um, with everybody else who's gonna be the clue giver. And we're all clue giving at the same time. And we have five different phrases. I think there's uh, people, places, things, um, and there's even phrases. Um, but you roll a die, you figure out which category you're doing. You look at that card and everybody's looking at that one word, whoever's the clue giver. And then what they're doing, what they, when they're ready, um, they take the whiteboard and they lay it out on the table in front of them and their partner is sitting across from the table and their partner is actually holding a pen or a dry erase marker and the only thing that the clue giver can do is say up or down with their pen and there's different things you pretty they pretty much know the category that everybody's trying to draw 
and you say up or down and you as the clue giver are actually moving the the board the whiteboard and making your partner draw what 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 it is that you need them to draw um so for example let's say it was a thing and it was basketball court you know i would tell my wife up down up down and, when, and every time she puts her pen down she's actually physically putting her pen down on the dry erase board and i'm actually making her draw she can't draw herself because she obviously doesn't know what the word is but um it was pretty cool i thought it was it was fun it was a good play on telestrations um i will be honest i'm a bigger fan of the original telestrations not not that i didn't like this game i thought this game was great i like the competitive aspect um and I think it works great with um, certain groups. If you have groups that are heavily competitive, you know, people that like drawing games like Pictionary and stuff like that, this is one of those games I think um, you need to check out. And it's cool, you don't always have to just play in partners. You can actually play in smaller groups of teams where maybe our, our group is three or four people. Um, you know, We can have one person that's the, technically the drawing person and everybody else is sitting behind them looking at what that person is actually drawing, making a guess. And it's pretty much, Whichever team guesses it correctly the first time, they score a point. Um, and certain words are worth certain point values. And whoever I think gets to 10 first wins the game. So it was good. My team didn't win. Um, so it's one of those things where what's pretty what's pretty cool about it is you can't you can't look at your opponent's drawings. So if you're the trying, if you're the one who has the pen going up and down, and you're the one trying to look at what your partner's making you draw, you technically can't look over at, at their picture and see if their picture is much better. Um, you can hear them, of course, what they're trying to say and their guesses. So you kind of go off of that, um, which I found a little bit difficult at one time. You know, you have those people who are uh, eye gazers who are looking over, um, but it was a great game. You know, I know I got a chance to play it and. I know we weren't able to get a chance to play it with uh, you and your wife and everybody, but that I know you guys have it and you guys have been set to give it a try um, pretty soon. But um, yeah, that's definitely one I would definitely recommend to um, to anybody who's into like fun party games. Um, you know, that's that's definitely one. So check that out, Telestrations Upside Drawn. And I know you have our second game that we got a chance to review. Um, why don't you talk about that one? And I think you got a chance to play it. I've seen it. I think I've demoed it, but you check this one out. What was this one? Yes, I did. This one is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Amazing game. I actually really like this game. Um, big box, kind of heavy, <laughs> but I like games that are a little complicated like that. But even pulling the game out and actually playing it, it wasn't that hard to get at all. Um, the game consists of you picking your characters, one of the main characters, Hermione, Harry, Ron Weasley, or a few others, and you fight against a, um, a villain of whichever villain you have at the time. So um, what's the guy's name from um, Draco Malfoy and his other villain person, um, the one who shall not be named, we'll just say that. Um, and it's a co-op game, which you already know. I love co-op games, period. That's just a bias of mine. Um, and how it works is it's it's very similar to Runestones, which is, again, another one of my favorite games. Another deck so, builder, too. You're a big right, deck builder, exactly. man. 
yep, I, I, I'm, I'm learning that as I go. <laughs> so I'm definitely drawn into the little deck builders. And each character has their own deck. Um, you have Hogwarts cards, and each cards are in the midst of a game. So game one is based on the first movie, game two, all the way up to game seven. They're all, um, the higher they go, the harder it gets. Um, the more you risk, the higher the reward. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out well. Other times it does. Um, <clears throat> and ultimately, once you beat the, the game one's villain, um, once you beat the, both villains on game one, you evolve the game. You mix in game two cards all together in the Hogwarts decks and the villains and the locations. And then you start all over again. Um, and then you keep going. You keep progressing until you get to game seven. Once you go to game seven, you win the entire game. Um, you can win it in sections. If you choose to stop, you can stop. But, you know, that's completely up to you. Um, the way the game goes is each you have um, tokens. You have attack tokens, you have health token, and you have influence tokens. And it's, it's a one called a, a villain control. Um, if the villain wins, that's how they win by taking full control over a location. Okay. All right, so you have two, two locations um, that you have to protect to make sure that they don't. And the only way to defeat the villain is to attack them with the attack tokens um, for the, the amount of life that they have. Once you defeat that um, villain, there's a reward that they have um, on their card that you have that ability for. You use that ability. Um, if the villain is not defeated at the end of each player's turn, their consequence is activated uh, which could be lose to life. Um, villain controls the another add another villain control token to the location. Um, so four villain control tokens completely overtakes the the location. So they have two times to do that. Um, so, so the two different locations. Right. Once once they defeat once they have both locations captured, that's you lose the game. Okay. Okay. So. The thing about this game that makes it different from Runestones is that when you build your deck, you have to get rid of it just as fast as you built it because your next turn, you reset, everything resets again. So you have, you get influence. The influence that you generate buys other cards um, within their little um, Hogwarts pool. There's six cards that you get to choose from. And as you buy them, you activate the cards, you activate what's on the cards, whether you gain health, you gain attack tokens, you gain more influence. Um, either way, you keep pulling and pulling until you run out of everything, right? The, the whole basis is to run out of everything you have that turn so that you maximize your efforts into, into defeating the villain. Yep. So once you start with five cards, get the five cards and you spread them out and you figure out what you want to do. Usually you want to talk to your teammate at this point because you, know, you want to see they have their cards out too. So they kind of want to work together to figure out how we're going to defeat the villain together. All right. So, cause certain cards can give your, uh, your player, your partner, um, more influence tokens. So that means there's more money for them to buy other cards that may are may be needed to defeat the villain or another way to ramp up some more attack tokens um, you know, it, it all depends on your play style. Um, and as the game goes on, they do have two expansions to the game. Um, and which is something that I'm interested in getting to add a little spice to the, um, to the game altogether. But ultimately I had, I had a good time playing it. And I mean, we won, 
you know, uh, we definitely won that game. And it was <clears throat> too much fun. It was just too much fun. And um, I definitely would like to play it with at least four people next time. Um, because because I, I want to see how, you know, the more minds into it, you know, the harder it gets, the, you know, the, the, the more we get to work with more people. So I think that'd be fun to do. Yeah, so how did you like how the, the the ramping up goes from like game one to game two? Like, cause it it, it does get harder. Like I, I I like I said I've I've done a quick demo of this one at a you know at a convention, but I was able to get a copy of the Toy Story version of this, which was right. called um, Obstacles and Adventures, um, which has the same thing kind of ramping where you're playing through like the first game um, where you're like trying to kill. Uh, not kill because toys don't kill each other or fight, right? But uh, <laughs> right. Uh, in this one, it's there's not really not fighting, but you have to, you know, s succeed in completing objectives. And you're going from, you know, the first one is like the first movie, Sid, and then the second one you have, um, you know, Stinky Pete and Jesse gets to join the team and all that stuff. And you're moving through the movies and even uh, two of the, um, I guess, a little short movies that they did, like the Christmas one and whatnot. But mm. um, so how did you i know i love the ramping up in that one and i'll tell you my wife and i played it and that one is hard like how did you see like the ramping up with this did it get significantly harder like as you were progressing it um it definitely it it didn't get significantly harder but it got it got to a point where you really you got a little bit of analysis paralysis right so uh. because the bigger the risk like you really had to take a risk to know and even even working with uh, with my teammate it was like do we want to do we want to take the risk you know because we could really lose out if everything doesn't happen the way it needs to so like i know game two um had a plethora of uh hogwarts cards so it definitely made the deck like huge right so yeah. and what i realized is like a lot of the um a lot of the cards you got more influence, you know, to do a little bit more, but they definitely cost a whole lot more. So you had to find a way to build that influence. And I think that was the hardest part, building the way to get the money to get the cards and be able to activate those cards um, all at the same time. I think because after your turn, you reset, you, you, uh, you dis all your cards, all your cards that you use are discarded. You select your, um, you you select your five cards from your deck. If the villains if the villain is not defeated, his his um trait is activated. So that means whoever that next player is, if if he says if the player is the villain is still alive, um he may lose two health. You know, so you, you want to keep track of your health, you want to keep track of the attack points, um, and you want to keep track of your influence because after and after the turn, also you lose everything you got. So if you have influence left you have to discard it, you know, it goes right back into the pool. Yeah. That's similar to the, um, to toy story where you gain, um, I forget what the tokens are, but they're like the little, the little lamps from toy story, uh, the Pixar lamp. Um, but you gain those and they're similar to the influence, um, in Harry Potter. And like you said, if you don't use those tokens to purchase cards or to, um, you know, use them to defeat or, uh, complete the objective you you do lose those which i mm. thought was was it did add to like that puzzly aspect of what you're doing you know like what right. you're trying to figure out um but you know i definitely enjoyed that i know um 
I was like, I'm a big fan of Toy Story. Like Toy Story is that one movie that I can sit down with my daughter and, um, right. You know, it's funny. Like I don't think she watches it. She watches me say all the words because I know everything like like word for word <laughs> in the movie. But so it's one of those where if you're a big fan of the Toy Story movie, I know I fell in love with, it, and I'm pretty sure this one's the same thing. If you're a big fan of Harry Potter, which I know that I am, and I know there's some big Harry Potter fans out there, this is probably one that you think this is probably one they need to check out. Absolutely, because like when I tell you, they they have every aspect of the movie in the game. They do from all the allies that they had within their um within their the houses, right? Is that their yeah within their houses, right? They had everybody, everybody, the teachers, the wizards, the witches, the ones on campus, the ones off campus. When they went back home, um, you know, um, the whole meeting on the train and getting to campus. Um, the pets, you know, they had everything and the Quidditch matches, they had Quidditch um, in there too. So like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an amazing game. It really is fun. And like I said, influences everything. You you need to buy stuff to make stuff work. Um, you, you know, when's the best time to ramp up all your influence to then activate all these abilities. Um, and that was, that was the biggest thing to make sure that we did enough damage, but still didn't lose health to make sure that we defeated the villains and not die, you know, like, so awesome. the, the interesting fact was that in my gameplay, we didn't have a lot of villain control. Like they, we didn't have to, the locations wasn't really a problem for us. So all we had to make sure is that we just took them out before it got bad for us. Mine was like life management. Um, that's, that's how it was played out. It was like, okay, wait, we keep losing two life. We need to figure out how to get that life back and also attack him at the same time because um, the attack token stayed on, on the villain. So that was the advantage that we did have, but everything else had to go. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, it, it was, the game three was the same thing. It didn't have a lot of cards, but I mean, you know, cost eight influence to pull out um, Gandalf. Like, you know, how do you even get eight, eight influences with five cards? You know, some have two and majority of them have one. So it's like, well, where am I going to get eight from? You know, gotcha. and so trying to pull those cards out to, you know, to make it work, to get them and then actually activate his ability. It, it just, it gets crazy. It gets and really I crazy. I think you mean Dumbledore. Yes, you're right. I, dang, I went to a whole other movie. Listen, y'all, don't kill me because I know, I know some of these Harry Potter fans about to murder me for that. <laughs> No, but I'm so I think sorry. That, no, I think that one's cool because I've recently um, they recently released an expansion. I think the um, charms and exp- and um, potions exp- potions. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I I kept seeing everybody who purchased that um, was was saying, "Wow, like this makes the like this game is incredible now with that expansion." So not that it wasn't good, but they said somewhere if you if you have this game, this they said this is a must have expansion. Yeah. So and I'm excited to to. To play that one and also check out that expansion as well but let's keep moving on along so the next game we had that we got a chance to play um we had a uh, we were able within the mist to have a couples thing we got to play uh, a few of these games together um the next three i believe we played so this one is called astro trash um not to I- be confused with my production company guys yeah. So <laughs> what's cool about Astro Trash is that it's like a dexterity game. So it, it's super easy. The games last like, you know, the, actual, the, the whole entire game probably lasts 10, maybe 15 minutes, but like around you can legit do in like under two minutes. 
but it's pretty cool. Um, you there's like a, a a sun that you place in the center of the table. Um, so it's like the sun, and then around it, every person has like a little bit a little planet board in front of them, and they have just different color pieces of trash. So there's just you know pink one, blue one. I think on the board it just shows you. Yeah, so you got uh, pink, blue, green, red, um, yellow. Uh, different colors of trash and that's they start on your board and depend on how many players you have um, so if you start if you if it's a three-player game you have I think it's like 16 pieces of trash on your board and it goes like up to a five-player game I think it's like 12 or 10 or something like that um, and each player has three sets of dice the dice have uh, numbers on them so it's like, I think it's one, number one and number two, and there might be a three, I forget, but I, I know it's one and twos on them. Um, there's a second die that has directional. So it's like a, an L for left and R for right. And then a, uh, I believe it's a question mark for any direction you wanna go, either left or right. And then um, there's a sun, which means, you know, direction is the sun, which is out in front of you on the board. And then there's another one that has a die with all the different colors that match the colors of trash on your planet. And the idea is you roll these three dice and you look at what the outcome is. And if it says, if you rolled a pink color, an L and two, which means you can remove up to two pieces from your planet and pass them and put them on the person to your left's planet. So the idea is getting the trash off of your planet and clearing it off and either passing it left or right to whatever opponent, whatever color it is, or putting it on the sun in front of you, um, which I was always praying that I rolled the sun because you knew if you pass the left or right, there was a time where it was just chaotic where you got the same trash you pass on that same turn, they were passing it back to you. Mm -hmm. But I thought was was pretty cool about it is while it's just fun, you can play with your kids, you can kind of... I guess you can dummy it down a little bit would be the term um, uh, or, you know, make it a little bit easier, a little novice. Um, what I thought was a pretty cool strategy that made it like where you get frustrated a little bit is if you roll the die and you roll a color that you don't have on your board, but, you know, it says left or two pieces, you don't just re-roll the color die. You have to re-roll everything. So you might have that time turn rolled two pieces of trash, but for some reason it was you had the blue the blue trash that you were able to move, but you don't have blue. You're like, man, I wish I had pink, but you can't just reroll that to try and get another color. You had to roll everything, which you know did make it frustrating, but made it fun. This is one of those chaotic type games. It's going quick, it's going fast, um, which is cool. We even got a chance to play with your girls, and yeah, we pretty much just took out um, the the color die. It was pretty much the direction and the number, which was cool even for them because you can play that as a family. And I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, you can roll, they, they can roll those two dice and was good for them. They were, they're good. They're learning their counting and getting on that stuff. Right. So it's like, all right, how many pieces do you move to? So you move them either to the left to the right or to the sun. And, you know, they caught on really fast and I know they, they were loving it. What did you think about this one, judge? No, I, yeah, I felt the same way. I, I love the uh, the chaos behind it. Behind it, um, it was definitely a cool way of um, understanding a game really fast. Like I said, I'm, we heard about the game when we talked to um, uh, his name was Ross, right? Yeah, Ross. Ross. We, we heard we heard about the game. We talked to Ross, and then um, I looked into it. I was like, okay, it's cool, fast paced, easy. 
Um, knowing my wife, she's party games only at this point, trying guys, you know, just pray for me when you get a chance. Um, but once, once she figured it out in seconds, it was, it was just fun. As soon as we said go, it was on, um, you know, and it was too much fun. And that's the thing I liked about the game too, being able to play it with you guys and then having it to where we can play with the girls. Cause I'm always about inclusiveness and, you know, if my girls see me doing something, I always want to include them. I don't ever want them to think that because, you know, mommy or daddy's doing something, you know, you can't, um, you can't do it, you know. Um, so, you know, the fact that we were able to dumb the game down and not have to worry about them eating the pieces because they yeah. were big enough um, and then also not losing the pieces because we played with them, um, you know, and it helped them. It, it helped them with their colors because they know their colors. They know their shapes. So for them to match the shape and the color and, you know, and now they're working on their letters and their letter recognition was pretty good. You know, they said L left R right. And, you know, we had some one that went on the sun and they knew what the sun was. And so it was definitely fun in both aspects. You know, it was a little slower with the kids, but that's okay because you want them to learn that um, as time progresses, you know, they'll get faster and faster with it. And now as you see like Ariel, is now in school so you know be, you know and her playing the game definitely got you know brought some uh some to some level of uh advancement into her um into her academics because they actually called the school called us and was like hey we have an open space and realize ariel progress progresses at an academic level and can start school so that was i thought that was pretty cool but overall fun game fast chaotic my type game um I, I definitely lost both times. My wife won the first one, and I think Delilah won the second one. Or was I that you? I think so. I think she won. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, the, of course, the ladies won. Yeah. yeah they get, the ones that don't like the games, they get to win all. Like, you know, and trust me, we was trying to win. I'm telling you, <laughs> I was trying to win. It was it was rough, y'all. It was rough. But, I mean, yeah. those pieces was flying. But <laughs> like, sometimes I'm going to swear my wife was cheating. But, push you know, push them off. It, it was <laughs> right. She was like, get them out. I don't know the trash. I'm like, yeah, you do that at home. It, it always ends up in my stuff anyway. So, <laughs> so oh, she, yeah. she, you know, she was a natural at it. But yeah, yeah ultimately, ultimately fun. Definitely yeah, this recommend is fun. It. I think uh, this is one of those, I think, um, if you're completely new to games, yeah, check it out, Astro Trash. And I think also if, you, if you're looking for something, um, you know, if you're like a strategy game type person and, you know, you, you know, you have a game night and you're looking for, you know, you're going to play this big, you know, two hour game. And every you're waiting for people to you know get get there. You know this is one of those games that you can pull out while you know you have everybody you know the first three or four people that are there. You're waiting for that last person to get there. You know throw this out. You know have something, you know filler game. You know just start off play this kind of get into the mix, get the the juices flowing. Um, I think that's that's it's a pretty good. So check that out, Astro Trash. Um, and then the next one again is another party game that we had a we had a blast. I really like this one. Um, so it's called Blank Slate, and we had a chance to play this. So the idea of Blank Slate is everybody gets these um, dry erase boards, depending on what your color is. Um, and pretty much everybody's, you're playing for themselves. It's, you know, you could, you could probably make it a team game if you wanted to, or, um, you know, partners playing to, you know, see after however many rounds who gets the most points between both partners. But the, the premise of the game is there's a draw deck and the draw deck has a word on it, and, you know, and 
it has almost like a compound word, for example, or um, a, so the word could pretty much, let's say the example in the back of the box says blank house. So everybody gets an opportunity to write a word on their, on their, you know, little dry erase board. And for example, you can write brick for brick house. You can write dog on your, on your board, dog house, you know, um, you know, doll house, outhouse, whatever the case may be. And um, once you finish writing your thing, you, you know, you place it face down and everybody reveals the words at the same time that they, um, that they had. And if your word matches one other person's word, I believe you got three points for it. Um, so you want to match one other person, but if you match more than one person, I believe you only get one point um, for those. Um, so it's kind of, if you've played categories where you're, you know, you're trying to write a word, you roll the die, there's a letter and you're trying to write a word to match that let, the starting letter. Um, and you don't want anybody to have your word because if you don't, you actually get points. This is kind of the opposite where you do want people to match or have the same word that you have, but you only want that one person. Like it allows you to get more points. Um, and what's cool, sometimes it's not, it may not be blank house. It may be, um, uh, it might start off with, uh, uh, with trash at the beginning and it's trash dumpster or whatever the case may be. But the blank word is either at the front or the back. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's really quick, very fun. Um, we had a blast playing it. I think my wife destroyed us all on that one um yes you know <laughs> but uh yeah that was fun what did you think about this one it's definitely challenged my marriage <laughs> realize we have nothing in common <laughs> when we think about <laughs> when we think about words i'm looking like yeah she's gonna think about this she's gonna think what is that like it was it suddenly left field it was but it was definitely hilarious to uh to see what like what we all got um, you know, as as results, it was definitely fun. Again, Jazz's wife Delilah, the guru of gaming, somehow um, trashed us um, horribly too. She won by like thirty points. Like everybody <laughs> else had six, she had like thirty-seven. Like so, um, ultimately, it was it was it was a ball. Like because try because I think the thing was even though it kind of went fast. Every time we went, I was like, all right, well we got that wrong, but we got babe, we gotta get this one right next time. Like. And we all, but we were trying to read her mind. Like, look, look at me. Like, look at me in my face. You, <laughs> you see what I'm about to write, right? Okay, fail. Like, it didn't even work. So, you know, y'all just again pray for me because we gotta figure out what we're about to do in this marriage because it's so, so it's funny because it was horrible. For those listening, what we decided to do when we played this game is we decided to play it almost like a couple's game. We kind of just made our rules yeah. up, and we were like to see, you know, we'll play to. The, the first person gets to the max score, whoever that is gets to the max score. But then we would look at both of the couple's scores combined and see who won. Um, and it was pretty cool. So that's that, for those that could pick up on that reference, that's kind of how we played it. Um, so this is, this may not be the game that you play that way. You know, the, the rules don't necessarily say that way, but we, you know, what's good about party games is you can make them to fit your party, your group or how you want to play, yeah, which is awesome. House um, but yeah, this is one of the, I think this is a pretty cool party game to check out. Um, uh, and if you're a big fan of just word games, um, you know, uh, this is definitely 
uh, a fun one um, to have at your table, have uh, you know new gamers come to, if people who are not into games at all, but they want to get together and they're used to party games. You bring out this, they've never seen it. Um, and they say, oh, I'll check this out. And they're, you know, next thing you know, they're at their target. They pick it up. So when you're at their house, they're like, yeah, oh, guess what I bought, you know, which is pretty cool. You know, when I find, um, when I have some of the, I know I have some, you know, easy party games in my collection and I've gone over family members' houses, you know, after introducing them to a game at my house and they'll say, hey, I picked up this game, you know, why don't we play it? And I'm like, oh, they're like, we had a good time playing it at your house. So that's good to have some of these party games in your collection. Um, the next one was a, a new release party game as well um, that I think, Judge, why don't you talk about this one? Well, last but not least, we have, oh, no, not last but not least, but second to last, Hughes and Cues. Um, this game was definitely a challenge. <laughs> now, let me explain why. It's definitely not a bad game at all. Not at all. It was definitely a fun, again, party type, uh, family party type game. Um, you, they have a huge deck of cards and the, the board literally has over a hundred colors blending from red all the way down to, um, purple. Um, so, you know, they go through the entire rainbow just about, um, and each, and it's a graph, it's like a little chart. So, you know, the, the, the darkest red may be a one, which is on the top corner, you know, and then you have like a green all the way down here, like a j23 so when you open the card you have four different color options um you you choose and then you put the card up and then you have to say a word that describes that color without saying the color um and it has to be one word so that's the first part and then the second time you can say two words so when you say the first words each player um each other player gets to guess and put their um their token down where they think that color is so let's say like the one that we did that was funny was um was a purple you know it's like barney was the word and you know we some people had the dark barney some people had the light-skinned barney like it was two different types of artists and we all looked at each other like which barney did you watch when you was little and i said well i was in canada so i had a dark barney you know <laughs> so and sometimes um, I, they, don't, I don't think it's uh i don't think it was what type of Barney where you're from? I think it was like how good of a TV could you afford, depending on how good the colors were on your TV. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> like, oh, I can tell what type of TV you had, brother. I had to bust it. One in the I had no reds and blues in my, <laughs> my TV. But um, and after the first time you put a marker down, everyone goes clockwise to to the player who drew the card. Then they give another clue. Then you put your next marker down. Um, and then there's a little box that keeps track of the points. So the, the middle of the box is the number and letter on the chart that you, that you selected, you put, you drop that. Anyone within that box has two points. No, gets three points. Anyone on the, um, the outskirts of the box gets two points. And then outside of its borders on the outside of the box, you get one point. And if you're beyond the, if you're not touching the border, you don't get any points. Um, the person who who had the color gets points for every person that made it in the box or around the box. So, and, that, and that's how the game went. Um, I think it went all the way up to 100 too. And I'm looking and I was like, I don't even know how we're gonna make it there. Because the funny thing about the game 
is though we had fun, we realized that Jazz and myself, well, I'll speak for myself. I'll let you speak for yourself. <laughs> that myself, me and colors and, <laughs> and how to describe colors don't get along. <laughs> I'm like, I describe music. I can't really do colors like that. So um, it was just funny to like really looked at the cards and like oh my gosh how am I going to describe this and it does what the typical man thing is like nah that's red that ain't peach or like that's orange that ain't peach you know that's not there's no magenta that's red you know it was things like that and it was just hilarious to um go go through like grass we I don't even know <laughs> grass but grass was on there it was like and... burnt grass or like, <laughs> <it was> like... <laughs> my interpretation of grass was completely different from everybody else's like burnt it was, grass, it was does he mean brown or does he mean like burnt by the sun where it's like like you know yellowish <laughs> right or like or is it fall grass who knew <laughs> i didn't even know just trying to figure it out yeah but this um, was one i thought i thought it was really fun yeah it was like you, you hear you hear us now right you know it, it really was it brought back some good times because all we did playing all these games we just laugh at each other because we all is we're we love we love hanging out with each other but at the same time you know to be able to create these memories is, is also a great thing and like um overall before we get into to the last game um overall the games that we played together that night i mean the ops they're the company man you see look we didn't play what five games together and almost well three three four games together and in that in that instance it created a permanent memory, you know, like amongst, you know, amongst my wife and I and, and Jazz and his wife and as, as, a, as a collective. And the ops can do that for you guys, like seriously, you know, and who, yeah, but he's in cues, crazy. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. You know, it was cool. Like I said, it's, it's like one of those games where um, you definitely want people to find your color because the more people that, that get your color as a clue giver, you're going to, you know, you're actually gonna score points, and right. you know the other people. Like I said, it's how you, it was cool. Is it wasn't really you know how you see colors; it's how you describe the color, but also how you interpret the color of what's being described, right? So, what's pretty cool, and I know when Ross had introduced this game to us, my first question to him was, "My dad's colorblind." and he sees things in different hues. Exactly, it's, you know, hues and cues. Um, you know, how does this game play with people who are colorblind? And the first thing he says is, this game is perfectly good for people who are colorblind because it's not what you see as red. It's what, you know, it, I guess it's, you know, what's described to you as red. So for example, you, you can't say the color. You, so if it's red, you can't just say red, but you can say like candy apple you know, or you can say apple or fire truck or things like that. And what's cool is that, um, you know, I see fire, a fire truck red as legit fire truck red because I'm not colorblind. But when my dad, I can give him that clue because what, however he sees a fire truck red or a fire truck, that's the, that's the hue that he's looking for on that board which I thought was, was pretty cool. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty neat twist on, you know, how a game incorporates colors. Um, and I know that's something that's been big um, recently is, you know, how color friendly are many of the board games that are hitting the market. And this one is a 
party game about colors and it's perfectly fine for for people who are colorblind which i thought was amazing um you know it's one of those games i would definitely check out i had a blast playing it um but like judge said this is one of those things where um how you interpret colors is not necessarily how everyone else interprets interprets colors but men and women interpret colors differently and, <laughs> and i'll tell you that um you know with my wife you know I've, I've known her for 15 years you know we've been married for nine and i've learned just you know outside of this game i've learned how to describe colors around her like you know it's one of those things where like i'm like oh that's tan she's like no that's not tan that's camel or that's you know so i guess that i did win so i think that kind of helped especially when she was giving clues because i'm used to you know how she describes colors and you know it's not just lavender it's lilac and all these other different things you know so you know it gets to those points where you know if you know the people at the table you kind of kind of know how they describe colors but um yeah my wife and i have got into disputes on what colors are what and in real life right um and this is one of those games that you know it's how well do you pay attention especially if you're playing with your significant other or someone you know like how well do you pay attention to how they describe colors but yeah this is fun i definitely want to get this one to the table again um even with a larger group but i will give this game a huge double thumbs up simply because they had gray as a player color and that's the i think this is one of the first games that have gray as a player color and i picked that color because it's my favorite color which is not really a color it's a hue um but you know i didn't want blank to slate did too that's right blank and slate i was gray too. and blank slate too cha-ching yeah. all right <laughs> so so let's get to the last game um and i had the chance to, to play this one and judge this one will be definitely being handed over to you so you can play with your group i know you weren't able to meet up with us when we played this one but this yeah, one is called scooby-doo escape from the haunted mansion and if you are listening let me just start it off this way saying if you've ever been to an escape room like a, a legit escape room where you get together with a group of friends or family and you go to an escape room where you're locked in not necessarily locked in the room but you're in a room for that one hour and you're trying to solve puzzles uh to complete the task to get out of that room and you enjoy that or you've wanted to do that this is exactly what you want in your collection or this is a game that you just want to buy you don't even have to be a board game collector buy this game all right so of course my review is right there at the fourth ledge this hands down in my opinion is the best escape room in a box um so the Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion is part of the Ops um, uh, Coded Chronicles game line. Um, it's, it's new. This one dropped just this year, and they're supposed to be re um, releasing a one later this year called The Shining. And yes, it is based on Stephen King's movie The Shining, which I'm excited to ch check that one out. I'm a big horror movie fan. I know I know Judge is not the big horror movie fan, but yeah, The Shining uh, is definitely one that's you know I'm a big fan of. But um, what's cool about this game is um, it's there's like tiles that create the mansion and there's it's it's story driven, which is which is something if you're a fan of even RPGs, 
Um, this is one that I think you will appreciate and can enjoy with your family, with kids. And this game is pretty much played with the box, I think says it, one or more players. However, so you can have a big group play this game. And how it works is you and your, your group that you're playing with are playing cooperatively and you are part of, um, you know, you're driving in the mystery machine, you're part of the, um, the Scooby-Doo crew, right? And you have um, these tiles that are on this board and I'm gonna actually go into this box to show you some of this because those that are watching this review on YouTube, um, I wanna see, kind of show you some of the components. There is a review on our website for this game. And if you are listening and you want to check out a detailed review, and uh, this is one that you should. So it starts with a, a like a booklet that you says, you know, just read me first. So you read this instructions and it's really short, very quick, not even five minutes through. And then there's five booklets for each character. You got one for Velma, one for Shaggy, one for um, Daphne, Scooby, and Fred. And pretty much this book, they have the stories and the clues within them. And you start off with a tile, pretty much tile one is on the board. And um, it's like the foyer and I'm not spoiling anything by giving you this, but it's there's a tile one is pretty much the foyer of the mansion and on there is different three digit numbers for, you know, for example, it could say, you know, three, two, five, whatever the case may be. And every character has their own number. Velma's number one, Fred is number five. And whenever you place Velma in front of an item, it could be, let's say, a mirror on the on the game board and that mirror is labeled two, three, five, and you place Velma there, she's one. So you create one, three, two, five. That's your four digit number. And what you would do is find the character that, that one three two five correlates with that would be Velma's book and you would find that four digit code in this book and read the entry and it is a story base so it's cool as we got into it with our family we were having the same voices and you know many of us were we were all adults you know played with my in-laws and played with my wife and my brother-in-laws and we you know grew up watching Scooby-Doo so the voices that we were, we were, you know, like voice, we felt like we were voice actors, you know, reading it as that such, and we had a blast with it. Um, and what's pretty cool is every character can do something different. They have a different ability. So Velma can research, Shaggy can eat, Daphne is able to use items, um, Scooby can smell things, and Fred, he's able to investigate stuff. And you're just, you know, using your, your brain to figure out which character you should look at certain items with um you know if you know if it's a, a food item you know do you go with shaggy to eat the item or do you go with scooby to smell the item or do you do one first and then the other you know so it's it's an order of figuring out this puzzle as you go through and i thought it was i definitely thought it was fun you know you see the story and as the story unfolds you read it and it might tell you to you know, you might find an item and it might, you know, it has a deck of cards and the cards are numbered and dependent on, it might say, hey, draw 
card 22 from the deck and you look for card 22, you flip it over and you see what's on card 22. Like you said, it might be an item. It might be, um, it may be even like something, things like secret doors or keys or, you know, whatever the case may be. There's so many different things in the, in the game. You know, it might be a person you run into, but um, it even has these cool uh, envelopes that are secret envelopes. And it might say, hey, open the contents of envelope one or envelope four. And now you're actually acquiring these items in like a puzzle. Like you would actually, if you're in an escape room and you have these little puzzle pieces that you find within the room, you actually are figuring this thing out, which is pretty cool. And what's cool, what's good about this is, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not necessarily a five player game. So um, you can have one person who's in charge of picking the stuff out of the deck. You can have um, one person that wants to read Velma for a couple turns, and then you can hand it off if you get tired of reading and things like that. So hands down, this is something you got to check out. And what's cool is that you're not destroying anything from this escape room. You pretty much just um, go through, read it, follow it, follow the story, and solve the mystery at the very end. Um, and then the Mystery Inc. team is back at it again. This is not a, a, you know, a copied story from a TV show. This is a complete new adventure that they find themselves on, which um, if you're a fan of Scooby-Doo and you have kids that are, you know, that are decent readers or kids that are learning to start exploring things and they understand numbers, I think they'll appreciate this because they can listen to the story of it and have fun with it. Um, and if you're, if you're a fan who grew up watching Scooby-Doo, definitely um, check this one out if you're looking for something that's an escape room. Um, I'm a big fan of some of the escape room games that I've, that I've played uh, specifically. Um, I've played the uh, Exit series games and I've played the Unlock series games. And I was a, a fan, I preferred the Unlock series uh, for myself. Um, primarily because you didn't destroy anything. You could play through the, um, the games and hand them off to someone when you were done, which was pretty cool. They are a one and done. Again, this is a one and done, which is the negative about it, I would say. The only negative I can give is that once you've played it through, you've already finished it, you solved everything. But I will tell you from experience, um, this game doesn't have, um, doesn't have a time limit. Like you're not a regular escape room some of the unlock series you have like an app where you have like one hour to solve it and depending on how you do um, you get it this game pretty much has where as you're solving puzzles and you miss a certain puzzle or you get the wrong thing it might say hey you did you didn't find this eat a scooby snack so you have i think it's like 20 scooby snacks that you start off with and the more that you eat, the lower your score is at the very end. So pretty much you play it as if, how many Scooby Snacks do you have? And you go from there. So I thought it was really, really cool. So definitely judge, this is one you, you have to check out. Um, when we meet Absolutely. up, I will be handing this one over to you so you can check this out with the family. But definitely my hand hands down favorite um, type of um, escape room game. And I did appreciate the Scooby-Doo and I will definitely be getting The Shining when it comes out. Honestly, if I remember correctly, I think I pre-ordered it already. So there you go. when that one drops, I think that drops in November or December. Um, I'll be excited for that to come to my uh, front, front door. And 
I know my father is a huge Stephen King fan, and he is not really big on games at all. Um, he'll play every once in a while. We drag him in to play a game, but I'm pretty sure that he would like to check out The Shining. There you go. It goes so, back to the the original. Find so, what they like, pull yeah, them in. That's right. So overall, Judge, um, from the games that we got a chance to check out, what do you, what do you think? What do you think of them? I think overall, each game, um, games that I played over on my side and games that we played together, um, absolutely recommended each and every one of them. They, I would even go as far as saying the company, any game that they have, you can look into and guarantee you'll love the game, whether it's an IP game, like you said earlier, or whether it's one of their custom games that they make. Um, like their own brand of games, because the biggest thing that I love, and I, I remember asking Ross this in the in the interview that we had, is like, how hard is it to get you know the permission to use these, you know, the likeness of these characters and you know these these uh, origins, um, the movies and everything, and and it, I mean definitely explain how you know sometimes it can be tough and sometimes it can be easy, but they definitely deal with more tougher times because they have to wait to get an answer. And sometimes they have the game built and done and then they're like, no, you can't use it. And it's like, what, you know, or they have this amazing idea for a game and then they couldn't get permission. Um, so, you know, I definitely appreciate them for taking that step to, to, to modernize board gamers and have them relate on a, another level, which is capturing them through movies which is, um, I, f I feel like, a very smart way of going about it. Yeah, I think... Ultimately... The, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I think that, like you were talking about, that licensing that licensing component um, is definitely something that would introduce people to, to new games. Like I said, you know, this is one of those companies where you would look at it and be like, oh, you know, they have licenses for all these things. You know, it's just gimmick games. And, um, you know, while you may not be a fan of, you know, a Scooby-Doo Monopoly, you know, you might be a fan of Scooby-Doo escape room type game, you know? So these are one of those things like, yeah, you know, you may look at it as gimmicky, but you know, I would say don't sell, sell it short because it's just not your heavy strategic or strategy type game. Right. Right. Um, the IP doesn't necessarily mean it's just pasted on there. Um, the, sometimes the game is actually very, very good. And, you know, it's just got to look, um, at, you know, it's just designed, you know, they, they've taken a, 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 an approach to grab people with things that people are familiar with, right? And we talked about it before that, you know, how do you get someone to the table? And one of the biggest things is find out what they like. So, right. And uh, the one thing I wanted to add is the one game that I'm looking forward to getting and actually playing is um, the Die Hard. Oh, um, yeah. The Nakatomi Heist. I really want to play that. That I remember watching um, one of the reviews on YouTube, and I was just like, "Oh no, I definitely need to get that one." So, um, it came out last year, so I'm hoping to grab it soon. Um, hopefully, that's like a little Christmas gift I can get for myself, you know, because dads, you know, we have to buy our own gifts because if not, we get socks and slippers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Judge, it's been fun getting a time to have you back, have my my, my sidekick back, right? It's good to, to be back. Um, you know, go over some of these games, let the people know what we've been playing recently, what we've been getting into. 
but also um, you know what's out there for them to try. You know, here at the Lobby of Hobbies, this is a chance to what enter with us, share what you got, and discover and something discover. new. And I'll tell you what, we discovered something new when it came to playing RPG games, and you just might discover something new with some of the games that we talked over with. So, um, you know, that's pretty much I got for me. What about you, Judge? No, that's it, man. Like I said, I mean, we came in, we shared. And we definitely discovered um, not just games, but a whole company. For me, I discovered that I kind of was a fan of this company before I knew exactly who they were. So, you know, the more I, the more I dug into it, um, the more the games we actually played from the company. I mean, the more I love the company, you know. Um, talking to Ross was a great segue into the games um, because the way he talked about the games got me excited about the games. So, you know, after that, it was just a matter of playing them. I and then when we played them, we weren't we were, I was not disappointed at all. You know, it was, it definitely, only thing I was disappointed in is our relationship because me and my wife need to got a lot of things we need to work on. But outside of that, the game was still amazing. Awesome. <laughs> you know. Awesome. So I want to thank our listeners for uh, joining us today. Um, for those that don't know, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a website, um, but if you search the lobby of hobbies that's where we're at first uh go on uh, facebook we have uh the lobby of hobbies we have a page there we also have a, a group a community that you can go into and people are always chatting in there posting about what they um that they've recently been playing um sometimes we just ask some questions of the community and we talk about anything um it's just a fa it's just a community of of people within the group and we also have a page that you'll see some of our, our podcasts go up there our links to youtube all those different things so find us on your favorite um you know whatever you however you stream your podcast whether it be apple uh, Podcasts, uh, spotify uh, we are on anchor.fm as well and you go to anchor.fm forward slash lobby of hobbies if you go on that website you'll be able to pick whatever podcatcher you want to listen to it's they're all there um but if you can even leave them, us a message there and you can even shoot us an email we are the lobby the lobby of hobbies at gmail.com if you have a question you have an um if you want a topic that you want us to talk about hey reach out to us we would love to hear from you guys but again thank you for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode all right, y'all. Peace.